0: This is Stay Tuned in Brief. I'm Preet Bharara. Today marks the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks that claimed nearly 3,000 lives in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. In November of 2009, Eric Holder made the decision that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and four associates would be brought to justice in the Southern District of New York in federal court. That, of course, never happened. Now, here we are, 14 years later, on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, and there's been no trial in any forum. Last year, there seemed to be some progress when plea negotiations were initiated with five individuals, including the alleged architect of the attacks, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. All five are currently detained at the Guantanamo Bay military prison. Why hasn't there been more progress towards bringing these suspects to justice? Carol Rosenberg of The New York Times has been reporting on Guantanamo Bay since the first prisoners were brought there from Afghanistan in January, 2002.
1: Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation.
0: So it's always a sad anniversary and there's a lot to mourn and a lot of loss and a lot to remember. But one thing that I think it's important to keep in mind is that there were real people who perpetrated these crimes. And as I mentioned in the introduction, in 2009, I got the phone call from Eric Holder, who was then the attorney general when I was the US attorney, that there would be a federal criminal trial in what we call Article Three courts, and the KSM and four co-defendants would be brought to justice there. We'd be doing the case jointly with prosecutors from the Eastern District of Virginia. Could you remind folks why that never happened?
1: Congress blocked it. That's the short answer. The long answer is, in the interim, as you probably know best, there was a trial in the Southern District of Ahmed Gailani, somebody who had been moved from Guantanamo Bay and was charged with hundreds of counts and was convicted of one. And I think it made people extremely nervous that with the history of these five defendants and their long journey to justice, somehow you and your team would not be able to convict them. In addition, Congress came to really become big fans of Guantanamo. They wanted Guantanamo forever. They systematically legislated blockades on bringing detainees from Guantanamo to the United States for any reason—not for trial, not to serve their sentence, not for medical care—and that blockade has continued. And eventually, the administration realized that if they were to put these five men on trial, they had one place to put them on trial, and it was Guantanamo Bay, and one forum—it was a military commission.
0: Remind folks also before we get into details of the delay who Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is and something about his four co-defendants.
1: Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was born in Kuwait from a Belushi family and educated in the United States. And biographers have described him as a man who was consumed with plotting terror, plotting attacks, with an animosity towards the United States that was deep-seated and stretching back to some years he spent in the South studying mechanical engineering. And he had a cousin named Ramzi Youssef, who is serving life in prison for the first World Trade Center bombing. And between the two of them, they had schemes. He lived in the Middle East and traveled at times to Indonesia, Malaysia, and was in Afghanistan and Pakistan, and came into the company, according to the charge sheet and according to the allegations, of Osama bin Laden, and is accused of hatching the plot that became the 9-11 attacks. He is in Afghanistan on 9-11, and becomes a more and more central character, central figure in Al-Qaeda. But he's not captured until March 2003. So there's a period of time after the attacks where his name is known, not widely, because I think, as you well know, people blamed Osama bin Laden for this plot. And it was over time that the Bush administration let us know about this man, his profile, and what he's alleged to have done. The other four men who are charged with him are accused of conspiring in the plot of either helping find, train, provide travel arrangements, financing for the nineteen men who were actually the hijackers who um, committed those crimes on nine eleven, the men who took over those four planes. And they include his nephew who was in the Persian Gulf at the time of the attack, an associate who also spent time in the Persian Gulf, a then-young man whose family had sent their boys and young men to work for Osama bin Laden, and a man named Ramzi bin al-Sheba, who was in Germany and is accused has been accused of organizing the Hamburg cell that put together on the ground, those attacks. Right.
0: In a nutshell, how do you explain to the public generally, especially folks who haven't been following it closely, but to the 9-11 family specifically, how it can be that we're 22 years along from the attacks, 14 years past the decision to try these men in a federal district court, and there has not even been a
1: trial? Uh, President Obama explained it possibly too glibly, but we tortured some folks and by that in a nutshell is the administration made the decision back in 02 and 03 when they captured these men not to pick them up and take them straight to new york city and charge them they made a decision to disappear them into the black sites of the cia and they spent the next 3 and 4 years without lawyers without rights in incommunicado detention, being questioned and tortured and controlled absolutely with no basic rights, as the administration in the first instance at least desperately looked for more plots. They made a decision not to charge them, but to interrogate them beyond the rule of law.
0: Right. So that accounts so that accounts for delay to be technical about it in two ways, it seems to me. One, they just weren't brought into the proper forum for some period of time. So that accounts for you know sure. three, four, five years of delay. It also accounts for some delay in the legal wrangling over whether or not those interrogations produced tainted confessions. And that has been a subject, as um, hopefully you'll describe a little bit, of the proceedings in Guantanamo Bay. But it doesn't quite explain why so long. Now, y- you could imagine... Um, in, in an Article Three court, in a federal court, if it had gone that route, these issues would have been raised, there would have been motions about them, and there would have been a government response, and there would have been a decision either for or against the government, but it wouldn't have taken 14 years, right?
1: But the decision may have been that there was inadequate evidence. I know that I mean the the, the process involves the government representing the CIA and declassifying or creating almost like shadow evidence that is applicable at trial. It's SEPA and you know, SEPA best Um, classified
0: information procedures act.
1: The classified information procedures act says there are real national security secrets that cannot be made public. And it is the duty of the government and the judge to find a balance between what the public can know, what cannot be disclosed and create a fair trial. In essence, that has been a big part of the struggle for the judges down at Guantanamo Bay, for the prosecutors in the case, and for the defense lawyers as they try to surface enough information to give them the fair trial. The trial, pretrial, has been focused almost entirely on what happened to them while they were in detention, how it affects evidence that they would later seek that they still want to take to the trial, whether there was ever a voluntary confession, and what the judges have yet to decide in this case, whether what the prosecutors consider to be the best evidence in this case, their own confessions in 2007 at Guantanamo Bay is admissible at trial. And this has been a protracted period of bringing down witnesses and investigation and discovery and struggle between the stakeholders and the CIA and other members of the intelligence community to determine what evidence can be presented to the judge to decide if these confessions even can be used.
0: Yeah. And one of the procedures employed by the government in both this matter and at least one other matter was to have what they call a clean team, fresh agents who were not involved in the torture or enhanced interrogation techniques Report to voluntarily take statements from these same folks. And there was a development in very recent times with respect to the case of a man named Mr. Nashiri, who's accused of bombing the USS Cole, with a different military judge. What happened in that?
1: The judge ruled recently that his confession was inadmissible, that even four months after he'd been brought to Guantanamo from four years in CIA custody, the man was incapable of voluntarily participating in an interrogation, no matter how nice, no matter how friendly, no matter how many times the FBI agents that were brought before him told him, this is voluntary, tell us what you did. The judge concluded that four years in the black sites, a program of enhanced interrogation and absolute positive control over his every move and no access to the outside world had made it impossible for that defendant to understand that he had the right not to incriminate himself. And in the 9-11 case, you have five of these men who went through five of these procedures, who had five different but similar experiences in the CIA custody, and the judge is going to have to make the decision one by one, based on the facts, on all of those so-called clean team interrogations. I mean, he essentially found the clean teams weren't clean. He found that they couldn't be clean. That they went in and passively received, at best, passively received the information that the defendant offered up that he had been—I don't want to say programmed, but trained to offer up on demand. I mean, the judge sort of said
0: that was—you know—the the statements were beaten out of him years before. He said and that, you, and you, and you can't—you un, can't unring that bell. So that's in the Cole case, as a matter of legal principle. The 9-11 judge does not have to follow it, but is Correct. it your is it your um, prediction that that judge will?
1: Well, each military commission is a military commission unto itself. Yeah. And this military judge is still fact-finding. And what's going to happen um, later this month or, or next month at Guantanamo is the examination of one of the agents who participated in the clean team, who took the statement from Khad Sheikh Mohammed, the alleged mastermind, is going to appear for the first time and describe why and how he thinks that KSM volunteered himself as the mastermind. And then there has to be an examination of the circumstances. I mean, one of the things that came up in Nashri is that uh, in the U.S.'s Cole case, They were all housed in the same sort of circumstances, both in the CIA and at Guantanamo, and that the CIA still had a hidden hand on his detention, was still involved in it. So the idea of four months after they get there, there being a clean break, a a new start, the SIPA material that we can't see has shown the judge that... There was no clean break, even at Guantanamo Bay.
0: As part of the reason for the delay, the lack of legal precedent and guidance within the military tribunal system. So, for example, the issue of of under what circumstances can someone plead guilty or in what circumstances someone can cooperate in other procedural issues. Has that been one of the causes for delay as well?
1: You know, there's there's a theory that the men came to court for the first time in 2009 intending to plead guilty. I think it, with reflection and time what they did is they made declarations of their willingness to accept their martyrdom. They thought they were going they thought this was a continuation of the expectation that they had lost control of their fate and what would be required to make a guilty plea as we have learned across the years is not accepting death and saying okay I did it is a active, robust vol- robust voluntary participation with the aid of an attorney, which they had just received in owning up to their um, criminal behavior, admitting to what they'd done, and satisfying the prosecutors. That happens in any court, as you know. Um, that did not happen during the period when people believe they wanted to plead guilty. What happened was, They were still finding their way into a system that, in a way, protected them from just walking to their deaths. That said there has to be a legal process that examines the evidence and figures out what they did. And that process has been going on for years and years.
0: Is there also an issue now, in recent times again, as to the mental competence of one or more of those defendants?
1: Well, that's been going on since 2013 um, for one of the defendants, the man I described earlier who was um, accused to organize the Hamburg cell. He's been found incompetent to stand trial. He is not considered sane enough to plead guilty or to face trial. And he's down at Guantanamo Bay and he has a diagnosis, I'm told, of PTSD with um, some psychosis involved. And They haven't adequately figured out how to treat it in the 18, 17 years he's been there. The judge can do a fact-finding, and there can be a discussion of what treatment he might get. But for now, he's incompetent to stand trial. So unless the prosecution proposes a way forward that delays the case some more while he is treated— It should in the next month go from being a five defendant case to a four defendant case, something the prosecution has fought for years. You know, an earlier judge tried to sever that man and the prosecution said, no, we want one trial for five men um, all facing the death penalty, all tried at the same time and got the judge to put that man back in the case. And now there's been another. Well, there's been a full sanity board that has taken place and found Ramsey Binnelschieff not competent to stand trial. So even if they are able to get to trial someday, it looks like it'll be four of the five defendants, not all.
0: What's the level of frustration on the part of the families of the victims? And then also, how are public officials approaching this, thinking about it, the Bush administration, Republicans? It doesn't get a lot of attention anymore, even though you write about it importantly.
1: What's the reaction from the public? You know, Guantanamo is so far away, lots of people don't even remember it's there. Around the anniversary of 9-11, suddenly people are interested in, in in the case and remember that those five men are accused of it and are shocked that they haven't been tried, convicted, and in some instances, you know, people believe they should have been executed by now. But the whole years go by and Guantanamo's forgotten and so is the case. And this is a painful, painful, painful Thing for the family members who care about that case. You know, 2,976 people's names are listed on the charge sheets. And you know, everybody has families. And for those who think this is an important place for this to play out, it's too far away, it's too bureaucratic. It's too distant, and I just don't mean in terms of geography, in terms of process. It doesn't feel like their trial. It feels like maybe it's the Pentagon's trial. It feels like maybe it's Guantanamo's trial. But there's another group of people who just can't really relate to it at all. And so some of the— there's extremes on the left who think you don't have the moral authority to execute people who you tortured and denied rights people on the right who think they have far too many rights and how is it that this has gone on for so long we should have America should have killed them years ago one way or the other Um, and then there's a a lot of other people who have questions about what happened on 9-11 that probably won't ever go through a court of law in Guantanamo Bay I think as you know there's an active movement trying to establish what the Saudi role is, or was, and the relationship of the Saudi government to that effect. It's unresolved in the minds of many family members. And I think that they are realizing with great disappointment that the Saudi government is not part of that trial if it ever happens down there. So... It's unfair. It's unfair to the families. Some people blame the decision to go to the black sites. Some people blame the decision to let you have it. Some people blame the decision to get them some of the best defense lawyers in the country who are skilled at capital defense. Lots of unhappiness over this, and it's not a monolith.
0: It's not a monolith at all,
1: right? The politics? In March 2022, these prosecutors offered the men to plead guilty in exchange for life in prison. And unsaid was the realization that even were they to get this thing to trial in the next couple of years, and even if they were to win a um, conviction and death sentence from a military jury, Years of appeals and challenges to this concept of military commissions, to the decision to go to the black sites, to all of the things that came before would potentially endanger a conviction and potentially mitigate the possibility of a death sentence. We had another case where one, where a defendant who went through the black sites um, and was responsible, not for anything of the magnitude of the horror of the 9-11 attacks, but was found responsible for another al-Qaeda attack, told his story of what happened to him in the black sites. And a military jury did their duty and issued the sentence within the, the parameters and then wrote a letter urging clemency. These are the kinds of episodes, what we spoke about just a few minutes ago, the USS Cole confession being thrown out. These are the kinds of episodes along the way that have led these prosecutors to get to the point where they wanted to see if they could negotiate a plea agreement.
0: Right. Declosure.
1: The politics of it is the defendants wanted certain assurances that no prosecutors could give. They wanted political assurances that they'd never be put back into solitary confinement like in the black sites, like the CIA did. And they wanted a program of torture care for the damage, um, brain damage, physical damage, emotional damage of what their lawyers say they came out of the black sites suffering. And that has to be provided through a policy decision of the administration. And just last week, President Biden decided this was not something he was going to weigh in on, he was going to offer, he would not sign off on. So it's back to the prosecutors to negotiate, if they choose, what and how to reach plea agreement with the now four men who would be up for trial in the 9-11 attacks.
0: How do you think this will ultimately conclude? Isn't there a reasonable likelihood that one or more of these men... Will actually pass away before there's a conclusion to these legal proceedings.
1: Well, one of them is very sick and um, has, you know, very, very big physical damage blamed on the black sites. Yes, it's entirely possible that these men will die unconvicted at Guantanamo Bay, and certainly in the case of the man who's not found convic- um, competent, he doesn't get a trial. They just become lifetime prisoners at Guantanamo Bay because Congress doesn't allow them to be moved elsewhere and. As long as they are accused of these crimes, we're not sending them to another country.
0: Any lessons you think people have learned from this episode legally?
1: Oh, I'm sure they have. I'm not a lawyer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Good think for you. I, I, th- I think I think that there's probably entire classes that should be taught about this. But what it is, and I don't, I think this will surprise you. It's a crash course in. SIPA on steroids, there is no trial like this anywhere else where there are so many secrets that have to be processed by the intelligence community into a court of law, either in a military or civilian setting, It is unparalleled. And when you have five people trying them together, the magnitude of this is so big that it is not surprising that 22 years later, this is not done.
0: Carol Rosenberg, thanks for covering the issue. Thanks for bringing insight to the issue and talking about it on this always very sad anniversary.
1: Yes, thank you very much.
0: For more analysis of legal and political issues making the headlines, become a member of the Cafe Insider. Members get access to exclusive content, including the weekly podcast I host with former U.S. attorney Joyce Vance. Head to cafe.com slash insider to sign up for a trial. That's cafe.com slash insider. If you like what we do, Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Every positive review helps new listeners find the show. Send me your questions about news, politics, and justice. Tweet them to me at Preet Bharara with the hashtag AskPreet. You can also now reach me on threads. Or you can call and leave me a message at 669-247-7338. That's 669-24-PREET. Or you can send an email to letters lettersatcafe.com. Stay Tuned is presented by CAFE and the Vox Media Podcast Network. The executive producer is Tamara Sepper. The technical director is David Tattashore. The senior producer is Adam Waller. The editorial producer is Noah Ozilai. And the CAFE team is Matthew Billy, David Curlander, Jake Kaplan, Nat Wiener, Namata Shah, and Claudia Hernandez. Our music is by Andrew Dost. I'm your host, Preet Barara.